This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, Jake. Because at the end of this hour, we're going to be saying, later, suckers. See you next Monday. But until then, we got an hour left in the show. We will talk some golf with our friend Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio and the Action Network coming up 20 minutes from now. 40 minutes from now, a little bit more on next year's Super Bowl market. Open at our show sponsor, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. And we'll give you our bets for tonight in the NHL and the NBA. But speaking of betting on the NBA, joining us right now, hashtag live on the line, is our good friend, You Better You Bet family member, one time You Better You Bet crew member, our, our buddy Rick Camp of 4 for 4 in Betsperts, giving out great NBA betting advice there on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. He is also the co-host of the podcast entitled I'm Fat, along with Jay Zawoski, which is really entertaining. We encourage people to check it out. We love our guy, Rick Camp. Rick, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, how are you? Congrats, guys, for surviving football season and uh, enjoy the time off. I'm glad to be one of those helping to filibuster until you get to that time. <laughs> Rick knows us too well. We we love you. <laughs> let's uh let's talk about MVP to start. And Nick can kind of get some maybe some betting thoughts from you. What you've seen recently as well. Uh, I I know you know the MVP market. I know you know that that Jokic is a pretty big favorite minus price. SGA is behind him. Giannis, Luca double digits. Feels like everyone's been trying to talk themselves into Kawhi or Jalen Brunson at really big prices. I think we think the next Tim Bontem straw poll is going to come out at the end of this week, most likely on Friday. It's when it came out last year. Give us your kind of like bird's eye view handicap of the MVP market right now. I think you summed it up pretty well. It's there's Jokic, there's SGA, and there's let's try and figure something else out to be, you know, an option because everybody wants to have value at every moment to be able to bet. I just don't know that there's much at this moment because I, I just don't trust Milwaukee enough. I know people that are more in the weeds on X's and O's and that type of stuff than myself are saying the Bucks 
process is starting to look better, even if the results aren't there yet. I just don't know if I want to trust it. And, like, what would the Bucks have to do for Giannis to truly get in that discussion? I don't know. And, and same with Luca. Like, sure, they, you know, just curb stomp the thunder in their first game with, uh, with Gafford and P.J. Washington. But I just – uh, if if Luca was going to be part of this, I feel like he'd be closer and part of it already. I don't know what else he can do as well. So it's just it feels kind of stale at the moment to me. To where you know maybe should Donovan Mitchell be a, a shorter price than some books have him? Probably, but like it's going from point one to point three percent or something like that. So I feel like the market's pretty true at the moment and. As someone that has, you know, I have some Jokic and some SG, I'm kind of just letting that sit and play out, at least for probably the, the foreseeable future here. They're going to hand out the trophy in about three months, Rick. Uh, who is Adam Silver going to hand the trophy to in three months, if you had to predict it, in 15 seconds, if you want? I want to say SGA, but I think it is going to be Jokic. You know, I, I it's just one of those where if he's this big of a favorite right now, when He's not doing anything outside of what he already does. He's going to keep doing that the rest of the year. So as long as, you know, they're going to be in the top four, I think it's him. And, you know, who knows if the Thunder, they'll be in the top four, but wherever. But if it's two versus three, one versus three, that type of thing, I don't know that there's any jostling within that one through four that could get SGA MVP over Jokic. Rick, I want to ask you about most improved player where Tyrese Maxey and the Sixers broke their losing streak over the weekend. Maxey had a near triple-double, 28-9-7, and in a win over the uh, over the Washington Wizards. And, like, it's not the same market as defensive rookie of the year because, like, Jalen Carter didn't really do anything. Like, Maxey's done a lot. So, again, it's not the same thing. Both Philly guys. Both Philly guys. Where I think kind of like Maxey's a vulnerable favorite now. It was much more appealing to bet against Maxi in this market like seven days ago when he was like minus a thousand. Currently minus two fifty at our show sponsor, BetMGM. But uh, Rick, I, I I would like to build like a big no Maxi position, right? Um, just like who do we like here in this market besides for Maxi? Uh, Shen Goon of Houston plus five hundred. Kobe White of your Bulls is at six. Jonathan Kaminga, my guy, is at ten to one. We go Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, and others from there. Um, is that your strategy with this market? You're looking to fade Maxi. What are you doing with most improved player? So preseason, even before the Harden trade, it was um, pre-free agency. I got Maxi at 35 to one. So I realized I came into this season with a massive advantage and tons of wiggle room to be able to hedge. So I have little bits of of Shangun White and Kaminga to where I'm at least going to have some profit as long as it's one of those four. I feel like if Kobe White was on any other team than the most rudderless franchise in the NBA right now that no one cares about, nor should they, I think he would be the main contender. But it's odd to say the guy on the team in Chicago is going to have a problem with people caring about his team. But with what Kobe White is doing and how just he's also right up there leading, if not second in the league, in minutes played. Like, per game, he is playing a boatload of minutes, too. So I really feel like he probably should be the guy if it's not going to end up being Maxi. But if the Warriors are going to surge at the end of the year, you know, with their schedule lightening up a lot, then I could see this momentum for Kaminga continuing, especially I don't necessarily think they're going to make it out of the play-in, but if they're able to get themselves to a point where they're hosting a play-in game, I think there's a real chance that Kaminga would be the dude because 
I just don't know how relevant the Rockets or Bulls are going to be the rest of the way to get that narrative push. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Like, Kaminga has, like, 21 points, and everyone's like, watch out, Kaminga time. Kobe White has, like, 29, 9, and 8, and everyone's like, who? What do they, what do they play, the Wizards tonight? Like, I didn't watch that game. It's, just, it's like, really unfair, honestly. And uh, sixth man, Rick, is a, another market that I feel like is going to get pretty wacky here. Maybe not. I'll, I'll give you, like, my – I asked you about this market last time we had you on, and you, I made you make a pick, and you laughed at me, which shows you, like, how crazy – like, it's just how unpredictable this whole thing has been because Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of starts sometimes, doesn't seem particularly interested in wanting to win the award. I wonder if he even scoffs at being thought of as a six-man, to be honest. And it feels like, to me at least, Rick, and I'm curious if you agree, like, it feels like Malik Monk is actually making, like, a really strong push currently to just being the guy who wins the award. Maybe they don't win enough, but they're going to win – like they're going to make the playoffs. He's scoring a lot more. And I think he's going to like want to win it and trumpet himself. And his coach will too. Do you see Monk making the same push that I am? Do you think I'm nuts? Do you think it's really wide open still? There are some other names we could talk about if you're interested in those guys. Um, I do believe Monk is making the push. And I feel like I know preseason and you and I always talk about the rubric for these awards. And I feel like the winning kind of just has to not fully go out the window, but more go out the window than normal just by the nature of the candidates this year. It does feel like Monk, but I'm also not 100% sure about the Kings in the playoffs. That's a whole, that might be a different discussion that also plays into affecting Monk. But yeah, I think the fact that Hardaway is losing some of that probability and it's going to Monk and maybe going to Powell and Levert a little bit more feels right. Uh, I, if I had to say who I think would win it, if everything ended today, it would be Malik Monk at this point. So again, like a few of these other markets, I have a little bit of Monk and I have a little bit of Levert. So I feel like I'm, I'm covered on an okay amount of probability there. But I think if this was given out today, it'll be Malik Monk. As for the end of the year, I still really don't know. I almost think it could end up being Levert. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. Magnificent Football Monday following Super Bowl 58. Talking the NBA right now with our friend Rick Camp from 4 for 4 and Betsperts on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. Rick, as far as game-by-game game betting goes in the association right now, anything tickling your fancy? Any like team that you're looking to ride, fade, etc. here, game-by-game game betting in the NBA? There's a prop market that's interesting that I, I noticed early, but then kind of forgot about, and then... I was talking with our guy Noops today, and he brought it back to my attention. And it's Evan Mobley has started shooting threes again. He's not shooting many. But considering what the market is, and especially like here's one of my bets for tonight, Evan Mobley, just to hit a single three-pointer, is more than two to one over on BetMGM. He's hit, the, he's hit a three in three of his last five games. He's hit multiple threes in two of those. So he's not taking a ton of them, but now that he started shooting them again, obviously they're going to be quality looks because every defense is going to dare him to shoot. But if he's willing to commit to two or three attempts a game and that line, you know, that juice doesn't move down, that's, it's a smash spot for me tonight. So I think that's interesting, especially with you know, the development of him is not as important now as winning in the moment. So that means maybe emphasizing offensively space for Jared Allen more than developing the offensive game of Mobley. So maybe that's one of, you know, one of those ways to be able to see that manifest. So I think that's been really interesting. And one thing with the Bulls, just because it's a team I see all the time, I don't know that they're necessarily going to do it tonight, but they've been playing a lot of double big lineups since that Minnesota game. 
Torrey Craig was out. He's back in the lineup, so that gives him a little bit of versatility. But it's been giving Andre Drummond a little bit, a few more minutes. So it's been lowering the ceiling for Vooch rebounds, raising the ceiling for Drummond rebounds, and his double doubles have been pretty good until he got in foul trouble last game. So just a couple things that one led to a bet tonight, one doesn't necessarily, but just to keep an eye on in terms of stylistically how teams are playing. Rick, we'll get, uh, maybe get back to tonight's bets in a second. You mentioned the Cavs there. You mentioned Lavert as part of your six man of the year answer. And you mentioned Jared Allen there. And I think what's happening a lot is as the Cavs just keep playing so well and they win so many games and look, the schedule is going to be easy for them than it is for some of the Western Conference teams because of, of who they play in the Eastern Conference in their division. I feel like a lot of people are trying to figure out like how to reward the Cavs for what's happening right now. Bickerstaff, Lavert, And then you mentioned Jared Allen. Do you... Allen's been the most bet defensive player of the year candidate recently. His price has fallen the most. He's the second choice behind Gobert, who's still a really big favorite. In about a minute here, do you consider Jared Allen like a reasonable defensive player of the year candidate? Do you think this is like a real thing? If we're saying to be second behind Gobert, looking at the other candidates right now, <laughs> yes. I, I think I think that is possible. I, I don't know what it would take necessarily for Rudy Gobert not to win this unless, you know, you don't root for injury, not asking for it or anything. But if he were to suffer some sort of season-ending injury, basically now, it might be what it would take for anyone to be able to catch up to him. I have Gobert. I also have Allen. Like, I have an Allen at 500-1 to one that I did on a whim one night. So I would, I would love if he were able to outperform Rudy Gobert the rest of the way and somehow make up this deficit, but realistically – I just don't think it's the case. The Cavs are a really good defense. Like they're inching closer and closer to Minnesota in terms of their defensive rating. But when you consider the impact that Gobert has, I understand he has more elite defenders around him for the first time in his career than Allen does. But considering it's the West and considering just how good Minnesota has been and how much they need that defense versus their offense, I think it's still going to be him. He's got the reputation to where. You know, NBA diehards really know Jared Allen, but do enough people know Jared Allen to truly think he could contend for this award? I I just don't think it's realistic. Rick, in about a minute here, your favorite bet's coming up for tonight in the NBA. Outside of the Mobley over a half three-pointer, which again is over 2-1 to one over at BetMGM, uh, Aaron Neesmith of the Pacers over five and a half boards. If you can find a four and a half, that's at minus 120 or better, feel free to play that. But if you can find a five and a half, I'm cool with that. He's been really good on the glass for the Pacers, even with um, Pascal Siakam there. So he has, you know, he's been probably underrated a little bit since that acquisition, just thinking you have an actual power forward. He doesn't have to play that role as much. But he does get the rebounds for them. And also against Charlotte, he has done that consistently this year. John Collins, over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. The Warriors are small, so while they might have guys that can you know, be more athletically similar to him, he's just getting volume on the glass and to create his own, uh, you know, to create his own offense. So either 24-and-a-half, or if you want to play a double-double, seeing that around plus 150 is fine. And Maxi Kleba, in a kind of a new role with the acquisitions the Mavs have made, since he's been in the starting lineup and Derek, and Derek Lively is out again tonight, He's had three or more assists in every single game, so over two and a half assists is plus one ten. I'm here for that, and if you know you want to play an alt line at four, get a little bit extra value there. 
he he's a good playmaker, good in that dribble handoff game. He can pop as well. He's a smart guy on the offensive end. So he's able to find guys, and they have more shooters now available. So Maxi Kleba over two and a half assists. John Collins over 24 and a half points plus rebounds. Mobley over half a three. Aaron Neesmith over five and a half boards. Rick, great job, buddy. Uh, we appreciate it. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy the time off. Our bounty. Yeah, we will. Oh, thank you, Rick. We love you, buddy. Uh, on, on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. Coming up next, we'll get some golf bets coming up for the weekend from our friend Jason Sobel, Sirius XM, PGA Tour Radio. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. I'm pretty sure that this is the music that plays in your head after you have like 19 drinks at the Waste Management. <laughs> just like, yeah. can't see straight. Jumping like, over chairs. Yeah. Just, just like trying like... What do you mean they're out of beer? What do you mean you're stopped selling? Da, 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 da. I, I picture being like Billy Madison when he imagines like the like the penguin being there that's not actually there. It's like Bowser, what are sure. you doing here? It's like no, you've just had like nine too many right. Bud Lights here in Arizona yeah, yeah, at the in, uh, at in the concessions. <laughs> and and, why, and by the way, yes, like, Yoshi, I would like to buy a beer. Yes, thank you. Right, so. Yet yet another like golf tournament this year with like an insane long shot winner, Nick Taylor, great first name, and yeah. like a winner winner of the waste management this past weekend, Games like continuing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Lawrence's grandson. Uh, so we will talk about the waste management. We will spin it forward, coming up to the Genesis and Riviera. That Tiger is going to be hosting and playing in the tournament. A lot of interesting stuff going on in the world of golf with our pal Jason Sobel in just a second. But 20 minutes from now, we'll wrap up the show with our bets for tonight and a little bit more on next year's Super Bowl market at our show sponsor, BetMGM. But joining us right now to talk some golf, the aforementioned Jason Sobel, Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, and the Action Network on Twitter at Jason Sobel TAN. Saw Jason's boss, Chad Millman, out in Vegas. Had great things to say about Jason uh, so it was awesome for that to happen Jason welcome back to the show Nick and Ken how's it going I'm doing great good afternoon boys how are you we're good Jason I the answer could just be sports are random or the answer could just be like guys went to live and now the talent pools less like there's mm -hmm. I don't know if there is a good answer what is your best attempt to explain what is happening <laughs> so far with who is winning these PGA tournaments? for people who haven't followed like a, a hundred to one or longer and oftentimes much longer, has won every tournament of the season so far. And it's like mid-February. Like We played some tournaments, not two tournaments. What's your best guess about like why this is happening? Yeah, Ken, it's a great question. And, and I think it's some combination of all of that. Uh, yes, okay, we've taken away a handful of players, maybe a little more than a handful of guys that are very talented, very capable, and are now playing another golf league. And we've taken the threat of that competition away from these players. But I think to marginalize it to that, I think, takes away from the accomplishments of these players. It's not as if Grayson Murray wasn't going to win the Sony Open if John Rahm was still playing on the PGA Tour because John Rahm would have been there. So could somebody else have beaten him that week? Maybe. But I don't want to sit here and say these long shots are only winning because those players have left because that's not true either. I think part of it has to do with the fact that these guys are – are very good. I've talked with a few of them. Matthew Pavon told me a couple weeks ago that, yeah, he was motivated by the fact that the first three players to win this year were all long shots, all guys we weren't talking about. And then the fourth event of the year, he went and won. And he said, yeah, I kind of knew that, you know, it wasn't just the big names and I felt more comfortable about that. So I do think that 
one begets the other. And then I do think there's a whole lot of random coincidence to do with this. I think at some point we're going to see a run of Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, uh, Colin Morikawa type players winning golf tournaments on the PGA Tour. And we'll think back to remember in January and February when none of the big names won anything and now all the big names are. I do think there's going to be a regression to the mean at some point later this year. We'll spin this forward to the Genesis in a second, but uh, Jason, I'm sure a lot of people like it's more pronounced for Ken and I because we were in Vegas and then traveling back, but it's Super Bowl weekend and maybe you're not like as dialed into golf because, you know, like the Super Bowl is going to be played. The Waste Management has been like a celebrated tournament for a while now because the crowd gets really rowdy and it's like a really fun atmosphere. It seems like, and again, like I was not invested in the tournament, like I was traveling back home and then the Super Bowl yesterday. It seems like, to use a trope that we will do here sometimes on You Better You Bet, that maybe it's gone too far a little bit. Uh, what was right. your thought on the waste management this past weekend, and do you think things are going to get dialed back moving forward as a result? So I think it's very interesting, Nick. I've covered probably the last 15, the last 20 of these on site, so I have a pretty good familiarity of what it's like uh, in Phoenix for this event. I think, first of all, I don't know that it's that much, quote unquote, worse than it was 20 years ago as far as fan behavior. I think the advent of social media, and I said this on my show today, that 20 years ago, some guy would get drunk and roll down a hill and no one's got a phone out to put it on Twitter 30 seconds later and no one really cares. You just look at the guy and laugh and they move on with their day. And you only knew, if you weren't there, you only knew what you knew from the TV coverage and from what you read in the newspaper. And so now... Everybody's got a Twitter account, an Instagram account, a TikTok handle, uh, everything else. And so I think people, first of all, are getting these things out there more easily. And secondly, I think the people who are doing these things are doing them to get on those social media accounts and say, hey, look at me, look what I'm going to do at a golf tournament. I do think it's gotten a little over the line. In fact, I uh, just saw that Chance Cosby was uh, one of the Thunderbirds uh, who run the tournament was on Golf Channel earlier this afternoon and said, yeah, we think we need to reel it back a little bit for next year. I know some of the players were very unhappy uh, with just sort of being taunted from outside the ropes. And to me, that's the worst part. Look, you want to go? You want to drink? You want to have a good time? You want to get silly? Fine. Nothing wrong with that. As soon as you start berating players and getting into fights with players who are trying to uh, to to compete at the highest level of golf, that's when I have a problem with it. That started. They said they're going to reel it back a little bit. I hope so, but you know, I feel like we've done this every year. We're on Monday after the WM Phoenix Open. We go, man, they got to change some things. And 51 weeks later, we go, I can't wait. The biggest party in golf is here. We're all going to love it. And it kind of repeats the cycle every single year. Right, there's going to be this like time lapse photo. It's like 51 weeks later, and then it's like Will Ferrell, like cannonball. He just like jumps into the pool, <laughs> right. and everything is exactly the same. It yeah. feels like like I I saw four things. I didn't watch like almost any of this tournament because we were flying and we did we did shows. I saw four things from this tournament: the guy, the drunk guy rolling down the hill, the fact mm -hmm. that they stopped selling alcohol at some point and everybody got mad, Zach Johnson mm -hmm. getting really really mad at someone, a fan, and Billy Horschel yep. getting really really mad at a fan. Like th those are literally my four data points from this tournament. Is like didn't didn't sell alcohol, everyone mad, drunk guy rolling, two golfers scream at people. Like, oh, that's, 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 that's your point, Jason. Like 
that could have happened to, that could have happened 20 years ago you know, like david duvall could have yelled at somebody and it would have just been in you know would have been in the orlando sentinel the next day and you know, that's all you would have read about it there's something it would have been like an anecdote right. um we could talk about this week's tournament <laughs> slightly different atmosphere probably expected yeah. at riviera for the genesis uh an awesome field though uh, give us an idea aside from like crowd rowdiness uh give us an idea of how this week's tournament will be a little different than what we normally see so first of all, they're playing once again on, uh, for my money, one of the absolute best courses on the annual PGA Tour rotation in Riv. And from all uh, reports so far early on Monday, uh, we had Joe LaCava, Patrick Cantley's caddy, formerly Tiger Woods' caddy, uh, Frank Keppel's caddy. Uh, he was on our show today, and he said he had just walked the entire course and said it's as pristine as it's ever been. It's in beautiful shape this week. So the course will show out, but we've got more stars than just the course. It's a... Another signature event, the third of eight signature events that we'll have on the PGA Tour this year. So all the big names are out there. Plus, if you really want another big name, we're going to throw in tournament host Tiger Woods as well. Tiger makes his return to competitive golf this week. We saw him play at the Hero World Challenge, the PNC Championship, alongside son Charlie back in December. But now we get Tiger playing with the big boys, real golf this time, uh, on the road to ostensibly playing the major championships this year. A little bit of a rehab start, sort of, for Tiger Woods, just kind of getting back into the feel of things. Remember, even when he was Tiger at the height of his powers, this was the one place that was his kryptonite where he couldn't win at Riv. So if you're expecting him to go out and win now at 48 years old and coming off, you know, really a, a year away from competition, probably not this week, but it's going to be good to see him back. You better, you bet with Nick and Ken. Magnificent football Monday. Uh, bets coming up for the Genesis at Riviera in a couple of moments with our friend Jason Sobel from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio and the Action Network on Twitter at Jason Sobel, T-A-N. Uh, 30 seconds on this answer, Jason, and then we'll get to bets. Mm -hmm. How much money would we have to pay you? Tiger Woods steps up for the ceremonial opening tee shot at Riviera for the Genesis on Thursday, and you yell as he is about to swing and hit the ball. Get in the hole as loud as you can. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I, like <laughs> I, it's just not in my DNA. Like I just couldn't. I'd, I'd be handing back that. I'd take the money and say, "Yeah, all right, I'm in. I'm in. I love taking all a right, bet." How about this? Ready? How about this? Ready? How about mashed Ready? potatoes? Yeah. Nope. How about this? How about this? Five million dollars. Who who had the was it was it Jack that did the uh, at the Masters last year to interrupt yeah, it's like Jack. A Jack Gary Player and yeah, uh, to, yeah I forget who does the third to, one now to, but yeah Jack to interrupt does the first Jack, one, Nick, right? Jack yeah. Nicholas at Augusta ceremonial tee shot ten million dollars and you yell mashed potatoes as he's swinging and he like shanks the shot. <laughs> okay, five mil. Am I me? Am I am I just a fan who happens to be walking past the first tee and yells it, or am I me with a credential around my neck? Covering the golf tournament at the time. Those you got a lot to lose. Difference. You're yeah, you're, 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 you got a lot to gain, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, five million, five million is a lot. Uh, Augusta National is a little different. I don't know if you make it out of that place. Uh, they take you away, and I don't know if you make it back onto uh, uh, solid footing after you do that. So I, I'm not sure the money's going to help you much. Wait, I, I want to do bets, but like, wait, really? Because we, we thought about this. Like if I went, so you have a credit, like you got a lot to lose. Like you're like a respected golf, like media member. Like you want to get to these I, I'm a golf media if, member. If, I don't know about respected. Yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough. If I, I'm not respected. If I, if I went, if I went to Augusta and I did that, like let's Yo, say like Nick Trump offered me $5 million and I said yes. 
are there is there like are there like secret augusta security that like what happens to me when that happens because you seem to imply that like you're not making it off the ground like is that an informed opinion Uh, there yeah there's tunnels there um i in that moment (laughs) i I mean look there's there's there have been things that have happened like Like, what what is this the middle east i mean god right i don't know i'm I'm certainly not suggesting that the folks at augusta national are doing anything bad to people that said I mean, that's in the middle of the honorary starters on, on Thursday morning at Augusta. Boy, you better have a good lawyer who knows some people there, and even that's maybe not going to be quite good. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not going to – going to get me in trouble by not even doing any of this. And I don't get the $5 million. I'm just <laughs> suggesting that maybe you don't make it out of there, and now I'm in trouble just for suggesting that. So I, I don't know. You're, you're leading me down a bad path here. No, you're, you're, you're not even like the fifth person that suggested that on this show. Like a yeah. lot of people have said the okay. same thing, so to, like to be fair. All right, uh, Augusta security members <laughs> drag you into a dark place. casino. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Roy McElroy, Victor Hovland, and others top of the odds board. How are you betting the Genesis? So I, I know that the trend of long shot winners has nothing to do with the next week on the board. I've been saying this for a month now that even though we've had uh, big long shot winners, just because you have them one week doesn't mean you have them the next week. That said, I am looking further down the board this week. I'm trying to find a couple guys with some big numbers that make some sense. Corey Connors, the guy with a terrible record at this event, but a guy whose game should fit it, and I, I've liked him for a while. I think he's going to win something bigger than a Valero Texas Open. 80-1, to 1, I think, is a really nice number for Corey Connors. Emiliano Grillo at 110-1 to 1 is playing some nice golf. He's got three top 20s in his last four. He fits this one. Christian Bezadenhut at 150-1. to 1. Should be okay. But then those are sort of, I'm kind of filling in the the big ones first and moving my way up. It's kind of like making a DFS lineup. Do you start at the top or you start at the bottom? I'm sort of starting at the bottom, working my way up. I'll get to a Will Zalatoris at 40 to 1. I probably will get to a Sahith Thigala at 35 to 1. I'm probably not quite getting to Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa at 16, 18 to 1, but I do like those guys this week. Yeah, that was going to be my question, Jason. Like, let's say the streak is broken and we go back to, and that was the story of last year, right? That like it was short prices, like, like favorites almost. Right. We're winning like all these tournaments. Rom won a bunch of times. Uh, so, it's, you know, just that was kind of the story of last year, a different story this year. If the streak is broken and it's like a top, top guy, and you kind of like alluded to it a little bit there, but in about a minute here, like we have nine names are on our, like our like what people can see when they watch the, uh, the telecast of the show. Scheffler, Rory, yep. Hovland. Xander, Homa, Justin Thomas, Morikawa, Cantlay, and Ludwig Ober. Like, one of those guys breaks the streak. Who is it here in about a minute? I, I honestly think, and this is the reason why I'm not chasing anyone else near the top of the board, I think it could be Scotty Scheffler. It, what we've seen from him over the last couple of years that when he gets hot, he gets really hot. He has first top five in three tournaments last week. I know that doesn't sound like much, but I played very well last week, and so that usually um, suggests that he's about to – uh, throw a few more on there. And, and and the putter's been cold, and he's playing really well when the putter's cold. You can get away with the putter being even just lukewarm this week because it's a ball striker's golf course. He is the preeminent ball striker after Scheffler. Homa, JT, Colin Morikawa, uh, like I said, Will Zalatoris are guys that kind of fill out the rest of that top board for me. Jason, final question. Outside of, like, mashed potatoes and get in the hole, what do you think is the funniest thing that's G-rated that people will, like, yell at golfers? 
in like oh, 10 seconds. God, there's, there's nothing. I did a piece on this years ago and I talked to people who yell stuff at golf tournaments. And my question then was like, why, why can't you be more creative? Like come up with something. Like there's a lot of things you can yell. In fact, my What's guys over favorite? in Phoenix, my guys over in Phoenix have a list, Leonard's list that they use. Now they get drowned out by the rest of the crowd on 16 these days, but they've known it for 20 years and they have fun facts on every player. They'll yell out the names of high school girlfriends to players. They'll yell out the names of the your dog from when you were six years old. They do their research, they're creative. I like that, I like research. I don't like just yeah. yelling mashed potatoes. You don't even know what that means. <laughs> I, know, I, have to, I have to be mashed honest. Potatoes. I, 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 I think that's what makes it so funny. Jason, we appreciate it. Stay well, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys, appreciate it. All right, coming up next, bets for tonight, Super Bowl for In next year and mashed potatoes we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm on the bet ql network welcome back to you better you bet brought to you by bet mgm with nick costos and ken barkley on the bet ql network all right so thank you Sadola. before we say later suckers for a week uh, great guests on the show today, Eric Eager, Rick Camp, and then Jason Sobel, who gave us great thoughts on the uh, the Genesis and also was a good sport about our questions about yelling at Jack Nicholas for the ceremonial tee shot at Augusta. We were saying during the break, like, what would be worse? Like, uh, John Rahm lines up for a putt to win the master, and you just yell, get in the hole! And he, like, misses like, the shot. Oil like, money! Jack. <laughs> Khashoggi! I mean, somebody would yell that probably. I wouldn't. I would never do that. But somebody would. Kishoki. Oh, my God. I, I wouldn't right. yell that. But somebody would, somebody would probably yell it. Uh, great guests on the show today. Eric Eager, Rick Camp, Jason Sobel, uh, Alex Fasano, our executive producer, who, had, who has also had a, a great uh, a great week with us out in Las Vegas. Alex killed it. Thanks to Alex. Our technical director, the great Tyler Morales, our video producer, downtown Mike Brown, and our uh, engineer is Jake the Snake Hassan. Like, I'm literally like, I I don't know why, why I think, like, this is the funniest thing of all time. Like, this, this exact I really scenario. Is, like... I think it's really, really funny. The Jack Nicholas tee shots, just, he's just, like, so old and... Which, by the way, he's still like he like drives it better than I do, and he's like sixty years older than I am. But, <laughs> but no, does. but like, but Tyler's right because he's like he's he's like he's golf royalty more than like any living person on the planet. But there's this there's this uh, there's this gravitas not just to the fact that like he's there because he hosts a tournament I'm like Mirfield, like people get it's the memorial whatever in Ohio uh, where he lives, but like it's like they always open up the Masters telecast where it's like and on Thursday. We were all there, like shedding a tear as like Jack Nicholas stepped to the tee, and it's like perfect silence. There's like a fog in the first. It's like seven in the morning. The players that are competing, like Bubba Watson, goes like Ricky Fowler. They go to watch this. There's not even that many people, but they go to watch like as many people as like on eighteen or something. And uh, so the idea that like with that, almost like yeah, it's like this like it's almost like a solemn like nobody's died, but it's a solemn occasion. Like that's the it's almost like you're like mashed potatoes at a funeral or something. <laughs> It's like, it's like, you know, uh, we are gathered to mourn the Lord. Get in the hole. So what's funnier to yell when you suggest this? Yeah. What's funnier to yell in this situation? Get in the hole or mashed potatoes? At Nicholas and Augusta? I, I think I, get in the hole I is actually, funnier. 
I actually think getting the hole is funnier because he's going to drive it like 90 yards on a 450 yard par four. <laughs> Get in the hole. You got it, Jack. <laughs> Ball just like bounces harmlessly right in front of him. <laughs> Get in Golden there. Bear! Golden Bear. G Bear. <laughs> You've got this, Jack. <laughs> Jack A. <laughs> Bear. Oh, oh my God. Mashed potatoes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <sighs> okay. Golden Bear. Go bite in. All right. All right, we can't do. All right, we'll get to the bets for tonight coming up in, in a few moments. Ken, anything else on uh, on next year's Super Bowl market at MGM? I don't know. Sure, but like I don't want to do it right now. <laughs> I mean, sure, sure, I got stuff. But what do you want? What do you want to do, do instead? Well, what? Uh, how about this? I got two things. Okay. One, I promised earlier in the show I was going to place a bet live on the air. I then placed it in a break and didn't talk about it in the segment. <laughs> so, like, I probably probably broke some rules on that one. Uh, I bet the Browns to win the Super Bowl next year at 50-1. to 1. So, just for I people who are like, you said you were going to bet on the air. Yeah, oh. and it's like, why did, why did I bet them? Because uh, I think they're going to be absolutely awesome next year. If, if a, a guy who's won Coach of the Year twice, made the playoffs twice, once with Baker Mayfield and once with Joe Flacco, uh, and now if he gets, like, half of what Deshaun Watson was – they're better uh, and they already have like a top three defense. This is pretty easy to understand. Not that they're going to win just that they're 50 and like the bears are 35. Does anybody understand how that makes no sense? Part of this is going to be the AFC teams are all awesome. So the Browns are going to be a longer price, whereas it's easier for the bears to make it. Uh, but even though it's easier for the bears to make it, they're not. And there's still a chance the Browns are. So like that would be the comparison there. And uh, I think the price is likely to be less when we get to the start of the season. Just a guess. I don't think they're going to be 50 when the, the week one games kick off. That seems really unlikely to me versus some of the other teams. Uh, so that's why I bet them right now. Not sure they're going to win, but uh, but that's the bet I'd make. And then I gave my championship game predictions for next year way, 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 way too early. I said Chiefs at Browns. And I didn't say who hosted. I'll say Lions at Packers, but Packers at Lions makes a lot of sense too. Um, what are uh, What are your predictions? I think I'll go with in the AFC. I think the young team that's likely to break through with like the new guard, Ken, that you talked about is Houston. Just if like Stroud's that guy. And this is like way too early. We'll put this in pencil, not pen. I'll say Texans Chiefs uh, in the AFC championship game next season without knowing obviously a Chiefs lot of hosting? information. They're going to win enough games? How about this? Chargers Texans. Chiefs don't make it. Oh. And who, which, which, uh, which of those teams beat them? Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Like Chargers, like, like slay Mahomes so everybody else can make it and win, but they won't make it yet. And then they lose to Houston and Houston goes to the Super Bowl where what they if, would play. What? <laughs> go to, go to, go to the Super Bowl. Who would they play in the Super Bowl? Texans who? Uh, Packers. Now we're going to do this again next year. That's good. They, uh, to be fair, they went over. They made the playoffs. I, we were right. I, I'll, I'll say I think the Rams have a chance to be like outrageously good next season. 
because they like turned over the defense with the young players. So now they're kind of yeah. like, and now, the like offense is and, really and good. they're not really like rebuilding anymore now. Like, and they, you still have Stafford, you still have McVeigh, Kyron, Nakua, Cup, like good Adversary. young defensive players. Like they're gonna like they're, they're gonna be nasty next year. Like their win total is gonna yeah. be like nine and a half. Yeah, you uh, you nailed that in the offseason. They're like, hey, this is the really like this is the the most interesting win total of any team because like it could go in so many directions. Well, it went in a really positive one. What was it? Six and a half. They like flew over that number, obviously, and made the playoffs. You don't get you don't get many teams where it's like a middle of the pack win total. They go over it by like five games. You don't really get that very often. Uh, it doesn't happen that much. Okay, that's good. Texans, Texans Packers pretty wild. That matchup you probably get a lot on. I, I like Houston a lot. I just think it's like not yet. I think they're just Probably. still a little early, but like when I say a little early, I mean like for them and the Chargers, it's probably not next year, but it's absolutely the year after that for both of them. And if I mean, and maybe they can be early. Some teams are early sometimes, and it's tough to predict these things. But uh, but they are they are on the on the on the uh, on the escalator. They're on the escalator on the way up. I just don't know if they're at the top yet. Stafford Bowl in the NFC Championship game next year. Lions Rams. I mean, it'd be really good. I mean, but we would just bet the Rams again. How about how bad is the that. NFC going to be again next year compared to the AFC? Well, I'm telling you how much I love the Packers, and part of the reason for that is like, who the hell else are you going to pick? I, I just, no one uh, in the well, NFC South, right? No one in the NFC South. I'll tell you another team that's on the on the escalator. They're they're probably a little behind Houston, even though the quarterback's older and different. Like uh, Arizona's on the escalator for sure. Agreed. I think Gannon's like, like Gannon's got something. They're not a next year. They're like a two years, and they're gonna they might they're like due to have a really awesome season coming up here, like in a couple of years. They're gonna they're gonna pop off with like a thirteen and four kind of a season would be good. Uh, anything else, or you want to get two awesome bets for tonight? No, nah, we'll do bets for tonight before we uh before we say later suckers to be good. Uh, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on the golf conversation from earlier in the show and the earlier in the segment? Is Tyler here? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with. Uh, I mean, I agree with Jason. I would. I mean, I wouldn't do it. You couldn't give me as, as much money as possible. And like he said, he like he like he hinted at it. Like there might have some. They might have some tunnels. Like you might not. You're not making that alive. I don't even think you're making out of the tee box. I think they're, they're got snipers in the trees. You? They're gonna kill yeah, you yeah, for yelling gonna... mashed potatoes. Yes. How about this instead, Tyler? You go to the U.S. Open. Instead of the Masters, and and let's say like I, I don't even know like Jordan Spieth is lining up for the winning shot, and you yell mashed potatoes at him, and he misses, and immediately glares at you. Which he did on something. Because at, at that point, at that point, you're just worried about Jordan Spieth. Like if you do it to Jack, like you're you're you have to worry about history and all the people that ever come through Augusta. So it's one versus like three million. So I'm gonna no, I'm good on ever yelling, getting the hold of Jack. What about mashed potatoes? Maybe now we're talking. What about, what about Golden Bear? What about VFAC? But Biden. Let's get some bets for tonight. Uh, Jake, please drop really the dope SP. VFAC. All right, you got to check out BetMGM's Referrer Friend program. Sign in, click on the Referrer Friend tab. In a few simple steps, you and your buddy will receive a $100 bonus. Promotional details can be found on BetMGM.com. Download the BetMGM app and start winning with the king of sportsbooks. Ken, what do you have for tonight in either the NBA, the NHL, or both? Hockey, I just I got a bad feeling about something. I got a feeling. Uh, two things that stand out. One, 
Uh, I would like to continue playing on the Vegas Golden Knights, which is a habit that we started at the start of the second half of the season. Uh, we bet on them against Edmonton. They ended that win streak, won again the other night against Arizona. Uh, and they are still a pretty reasonable price at home to Minnesota, uh, who is in Vegas for the Super Bowl, which uh, I had somebody text me that angle. I thought that was pretty interesting, like the old Vegas flu, maybe for the wild tonight. We'll see about that. Uh, and if, especially if Aiden Hill's starting, he's playing as well as any goalie in the league. And uh, I love the Flyers, and they've won three in a row, and they look insane. They are now expected to win with, like, a big price tonight against Arizona. I'll take Arizona, maybe plus one and a half, maybe to win. More competitive than the market expects. NBA, like, I I like Dallas. Luca, it just got announced Luca's going to play. I was waiting on that with, like, his nose injury or whatever. But uh, I like Dallas to cover that number against Washington. I'm going to give, uh, I'll give four bets tonight in the NBA. Uh, Halliburton's going to play for Indiana, so the price has gone up. Great. Uh, I'll take Charlotte plus 10.5 at home against Indiana. Pacers beat the Knicks the other day. The Knicks had, like, no players. So I'll take Charlotte, who's got a bunch of new players coming in, obviously, for some of the trades that they made. Give me Charlotte plus the 10.5. I'll lay the Atlanta Hawks against the Bulls, which I feel like is going to go terribly, but I like the way Atlanta's playing right now, finally starting to hit their stride, kept DeJounte Murray at the deadline. Give me the Atlanta Hawks. I'm with Ken on the Mavericks. Like, I loved, I think Dallas might win by, like, 30 tonight. Give me the Dallas Mavericks, and then the team of you better you bet. Uh, I'll... Uh, now that's a plus price, uh, I'll take the Warriors on the money line tonight, minus 105 to win on the road in Utah. So four NBA bets from yours truly. Uh, Ken and I are both off until next Monday. Ken, enjoy the time. Thanks, buddy. Same to you. We had a, we had a good run. Football season's over. Let's, uh, let's relax a little bit. Uh, wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck, and uh, two words to close. Later, suckers. Mashed potatoes. Thanks for